He's been in front of me, behind me, beside me. He's always taking care of me. In fact, he told me in his word, he said, he never leave me nor forsake me, but will be with me always, even until the end of the world. And his name is Jesus. I'm thankful today that I've got a friend whose name is Jesus, and he loves me and cares about me, and he is for me. He's for me, and he's for my children, and if he tarries for their children and their children and I came to tell you here today you stepped into the right place whatever you're going through you may have walked into this place today and I've been there before where you felt like didn't nobody really care anything about you and listen you're probably as most of us are most of the time we're mistaken there's more than we think that love us but let me tell you even if no other human being did there is a God in heaven that loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son to this world to die so that you and I don't have to die and go to hell. I need you to know today that he is for you, that he loves you, that he wants to bless you and his favor will be on you today. I know it's sometimes we get silly, but I wish you just in all seriousness look at somebody and say, God is for you today. Come on, just speak that into somebody's life today. Say, God is for you. God is for you. God is for you here today. Now, I wish you'd do this. I gotta, I'm preaching today, but I wish you'd do one more thing. I wish you'd close your eyes and lift up your hands and forget now about everybody else. And I want you to say, thank you, Lord, that you're for me. Thank you, Lord. Lord, that you're for me. Thank you, Lord, that you care about me. Thank you, Lord, that you're blessing me. Let your face turn toward me. Let your face shine upon me. Come on, ask him right now. Let your face shine on my family. Let your face shine on my church, oh God. Let your blessings be upon my life and my family and my church, oh God. Let it be upon my children and their children and their children to a thousand generations. Oh God, I thank you for your love and your goodness toward me, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we just bless your name. We praise your name. We bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on. Don't be shy now. Don't be shy now. Go ahead and worship him for a moment. We're not in a hurry. We're not in a hurry today. Lord, we just praise you and we thank you that you're for us, that you're for us, oh God. And not only are you for us, you're with us, oh God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the rock of my salvation, oh Lord. In whom shall I be afraid? Oh, my Ah, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Lord, we praise you. We thank you, oh Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations. And your family and your children. Come on, receive it. Receive it this morning. If you need it, receive it. May his favor be upon you in a thousand. Praise you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in the house said, 
Amen. God bless you. You can be seated here this morning. How many of you have ever read through the entire Bible before? Let me see your hand. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. You've read through the Bible before. And, and let's be honest, you know, you, you start in the book of Genesis, there's a whole lot of pretty cool stuff in the book of Genesis. I mean, there is a lot of stuff in Genesis. I mean, you start with when this whole thing was made, you know, you find Adam and Eve, you find Noah, you find Abraham. I mean, there's so many exciting things that go on in the book of Genesis, you know, and you can go, you find a lot of cool stuff in the book of, of Judges, some, some stories. And let's just be honest, there's even some pretty weird stuff sometimes, if we're honest. There's some weird, hey, come on now, people's been weird since the get-go. I know we look around today and in this year that we're in of 2022 and we think, oh, everybody's just weird and, and crazy. And, and But listen, there, there's been weird stuff going on for a long, long time. And you go through all these and there's some exciting places, you know. You go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You read about Jesus and the great things that he did and his life and ministry. You jump on to the book of Acts and you read that how the church was born, how the Holy Ghost fell on the church, how they did miracles, all kinds of exciting stuff. And then if you just really get real spiritual and you want to read about the end times, you go to the book of Revelation and you read about the beast and the mark of the beast and all of the things of the plagues, the, the bowls, the trumpets, the seals, so much stuff. But then there's Chronicles. Come on, how many of you ever read in the book of First Chronicles before? The first 10 chapters of First Chronicles can be so very boring. Uh, uh, the genealogy of Israel, this one begat that one, that 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 one. Come on, y'all be honest. Y'all know when you was trying to read through the Bible, you know you've been tempted. Just I'm just going to skip this right here. I can't, I can't. And then some of that, no, 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 I'm going to do it. I'm going to read it all. I'm gonna, listen, that's what happens in the first 10 chapters of First Chronicles. It can be very, very boring. And, and I've got a whole other message for that at another time on the genealogy and how important that is. But that's not this message for today. But, but we're going through this genealogy in the first 10 chapters. But in the middle of all this name listing, suddenly there's a pause. Everybody say there's a pause. There's a pause there. Suddenly the writer is moved by the Holy Spirit. In the middle of all of this listing of genealogies of this one begat that one, that one begat that one, all that sudden, suddenly the writer is stopped by the Holy Spirit to give a little more information about a man named Jabez. Everybody say Jabez. He stopped. The Spirit stopped him and said, wait just a minute. So many names there just got a this one begat this, this one begat this, this begat that. But for some reason, the Holy Spirit stopped him and said, I'm going to give two verses, a quick glimpse into the life of a guy named Jabez. So, so let's look at this. I'm going to give you, like I said, don't panic when I tell you this because we're going to look at seven aspects. Everybody say seven aspects. But don't panic. We ain't going to get because when, when I'm in one and you're looking at your watch and you're like, dear Lord, there's six more. Don't worry. This is not just this Sunday. Don't panic on me. But over the next few Sundays, we're going to look at seven. Let's start with number one. If you're taking notes this morning, number one, we find that Jabez called 
on the God of Israel. You see, we find that Jabez lived in the time of the judges. I mentioned the book of Judges just a while ago. About There are some interesting stories in there. That's, of course, where the story of Samson and Delilah is, the story of Gideon and many others. And, and, and this was the time we find that Jabez lived in this time of the judges. That At this point, they had taken the land of Canaan. They had been through the exodus. Joshua had been raised up. They had taken the land of Canaan. They are now living in the promise land, but there was still a big problem, and that was idolatry. Idolatry was still a very great problem amongst Israel. You see, their past and their present position, their past position, Egypt, and their present position, Canaan, was filled with false gods and the temptation to call out to these false gods instead of calling out to the God of Israel. Uh, and many, we find, of the Israelites succumbed to this temptation. They gave in. It, it was just too much for them, it seemed. It was in their past. They had lived. Their past was in Egypt where the Egyptians had, had worshipped so many things false gods and it was in their present where they were living in the land of Canaan where it had been a place of idolatry for many many years and they're living at this in this place and and it seemed as though that the temptation was too great for them and they were tempted and gave in to the temptation to call out on the name of these false gods can i just remind somebody and again, I can't go on a rabbit trail. We was talking about a little bit of rabbit hunting coming in the door. But listen, I can't go rabbit hunting right now and chasing rabbits. But I'm going to give you this. Just need to remind you that it's not a sin to be tempted. It only becomes sin when you give in to it. Well, there's a few of you that believe that. I'm thankful for that. I said it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin when you give in to the temptation. But we find that many of the Israelites had given in to that temptation, began to worship and call out to false gods. But Jabez, right in the middle of this, while others were, were calling out to these false gods, we find that this guy named Jabez decided that he wasn't going to call out to Baal. He wasn't going to call out to Molech. He wasn't going to call out to any of the false gods of that day, but instead he chose that he he was going to call out to the God of Israel. He chose that day. He said, I'm going to call out to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And folks, can I tell you right now in this world, there is a temptation. There is a temptation for us to call out on all kinds of things. Listen, I don't want to act like there's not options today. There's a lot of options today. You know, there's Scientology out there. I don't know how many of you ever watched much about Scientology, but there's there was a, a, a special that came out quite a few years ago, and Jamie and I watched that because we used to watch the King of Queens, and oh, Leah, what's her name, was involved in that, and she was doing that. How many ever watched that before? Listen, I encourage you, ever want to wonder about Scientology, you, it was messed up. There's that option out there. There's Buddhism uh, that's out there. That's an option for you. There's Islam that's out there. It's a, Unfortunately, it's really, really big today. Then there's always the option of atheism. 
that's out there. There's new ageism that's out there. Or you know what? You can just simply rely on yourself that you've got what it takes and don't need anybody or anything else. But I stopped by here today to remind somebody, in this day, just like it was then in the day of Jabez, there were other options. There were other little G gods that people were calling out to, and they are today. But in this crazy day of 20 and 22, where there's still a whole bunch of options, I need to remind you, but really, there's only one good option, and there's only one real option, and his name is Jesus. There's only one true God. There's only one big G God. There's only one that created the heavens and the earth. There's only one that spoke out into nothing and created everything. There's only one that spoke into darkness and created light. There's only one that reached down to the dust of the earth and formed man in his own image and breathed him the breath of life and his name is Jesus. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And let me just encourage you, just as Jabez did, to call out on his name today. Maybe you never have. I just want to tell you, it's not too late. If you still got breath in your body, it's not too late. Maybe you have before, but you haven't in a long time. Let me just tell you, it's not too late to call out on Jesus because he can and he will answer you. Somebody say amen. I'm going to keep on moving for y'all panic on me. Number two that I want to look at here today is Jabez said that you would bless me indeed. Somebody say bless me indeed. You see, Jabez didn't have a promising start. We read here in our text, his mother named him Jabez. Why? Because I bore him in pain. Oh my, how would you like to have that? Maybe some of you have, I don't know. Maybe some of you, you know, you've been there and your mama's just like, oh, you don't know what I went through to have you. Come on, somebody. You don't know the pain that I went through. You don't know. Listen, I, I'm giving credit. Lord, I don't know how you women do it. I, I appreciate it. Carrying, carrying us around for nine months and then birthing us. Listen, it is not. I've been there for two of them. I don't want to be there for any more of them. I thank you for what you did. Can you imagine? But obviously this was even more because we see he has siblings. Because why? We know the Bible said to us in our very Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. So he obviously had some siblings. But there was something about this birth that seemed to be extraordinary in pain. And he gets the name because I bore him in pain. A literal rendering of his name means he causes or will cause pain. Oh, wow. Now, that's, that's pretty significant because in this day and time of the Old Testament, names were significant in the Old Testament. Now, I know nowadays that people just name their kids all kind of crazy mess. I mean, you look at these stars and, and you find they naming their kids like orange juice and I don't know, it's just crazy stuff. But, but names meant something back then in the Old Testament. There was the name Jacob that most of us are familiar with that means grabber or schemer. 
There was the name Malon and Chilion. These were Naomi's sons, and their names meant puny and pining. My Lord. Who was, was it Johnny Cash that sang about a boy named Sue? Come on, is that, am I right there? Was it Johnny Cash that sang about a boy named Sue? I mean, that's about as bad there. I mean, how would you like to go to school? I know I'm 42. It hadn't been that long ago, though. Man, how tough would that be to go to school? Hey, my name's Puny. <laughs> That'd be rough. Come on, fellas. You know what I'm talking about. Then there was the name Solomon, and that main name meant peace. And we know what happened. We know that those came to pass. Jacob, until God changed his name, he was. He was a conniver. He was a schemer. He was a heel grabber. He was grabbing at his twin brother Esau's heels as he was being born. Malon and Chilion, they were puny and pining because they die early. Solomon meant peace, and we see that he brought the kingdom together. They had a time of peace in Israel like no other while he was king. It meant something. So imagine with me. This poor guy named Jabez, whose name meant he causes or will cause pain. Now, parents, come on, stay with me right here. I got two beautiful girls that one day, if the Lord don't come back, there's going to be boys that come and want to be a part of their life. And I just can't imagine. I'll be sitting there polishing my guns. And I just can't imagine the boy walking in and saying, Hey, my name is, I will cause pain. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine Jabez's wife as he showed up to his future in-law's house and met his father-in-law and said, I'm here to pick up your daughter. My name is, I will cause pain. I mean, he just set on a bad road, didn't he? I mean, it seems like that's a, that's, that's a bad place to start in your life. But you know what? There's a lot of people today, I realize that they find themselves starting on a bad road. There's a lot of people. I, listen, I'm blessed. I, I know I'm blessed. I was blessed to be born to parents that loved me, parents that raised me and took care of me, took me to church, made me go to church. I didn't get no choice to go to church. I didn't get a choice to even go to Sunday school. I don't think I've ever told you all the story before. I remember first time we went to Thorn Church of God, we were changing from another church and sat back in the back. And I think there's maybe two or three weeks we sat in the back. And it was back when Sunday school was in the sanctuary and it was the adult class in the sanctuary. We sat back there on the back for a few weeks. And, you know, I was sitting there with mom and daddy. We'd sit there for Sunday school, sit there for church and go home. And I want to forget, we wasn't there for about two or three weeks. And I believe, I can't remember if we had just got there or on the way there. And Daddy said, you're going to go to your age class today. And I remember, I was like, I'd rather just sit in the sanctuary with you. And he's like, nope. I just, I, oh, God, help me for just a second. I don't understand kids getting choices nowadays. But that, hey. Whatever, that's not my son. There's a rabbit. Stop me, somebody. Say, stop chasing it. That's another sermon for another day. But I know that I was, you know, I, my parents loved me. They made me go to church, you know. I, I was blessed. But listen, I know that a lot of people, they don't, they don't start out like that. There's a lot of people, they start out and they're born in a crack house. 
They're born in a, in a meth house. They're born in a place where it just seems like there's, there's really no hope for them. You know, they, you, you find them and you look at them and it seems like their name means I'm going to cause pain. I mean, I know I was kind of joking, but kind of serious. I mean, when boys start coming around and knocking on my door, I want to look at that stuff and I'm thinking, are you going to cause pain? I need to meet their folks. Let me meet their daddy. Let me meet their mama. You know, they think about that. People, as they get hired and everything, and you're trying to progress, some people, they're not born, and, they, and it seems like that their very lives are exactly that. He causes or will cause pain. Some people today seem doomed from their beginning. Listen to me. Jabez did not let his past define him. I need you to hear me today. Jabez did not let his past and he did not let his name define him. He decided that things would be different in his life. And I need somebody listening to me here today, either in this building or listening by podcast, I need you to hear me. Do not let your past define you. I don't care. Some of us, you know, some of us may have past. It wasn't even your fault. It was your mama's fault or daddy's fault. You got born into some mess. It wasn't their fault. Some of you had some good raising and you got yourself into that mess. But it don't really matter which one it is. I'm telling you, don't let your past define you. You need to decide like Jabez that you aren't going to let it define you. You have got promises in God's Word and you are going to let God define your present and define your future. And so what did he do? We find Jabez asked the Lord to bless him indeed. So here's what we want to understand this morning. We need to understand the word blessing. Everybody say blessing. You see, because blessing, I think, really in Scripture means something different than at least the American church understands it. You see, this word blessing is not just have a nice day. Bless you. It's not just a response to a sneeze. Bless you. Now, while there's nothing wrong with greeting someone and asking the Lord to bless them or saying bless you to a sneeze, to bless in the biblical sense means to impart supernatural favor. I'm going to say that one more time. To bless in the biblical sense means to impart supernatural favor. Favor. The book of Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22 in the Living Bible says this, The Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. All our work adds nothing to it. You see, God's blessing is first and foremost and most important. Jabez and his request left it entirely up to God to decide what the blessings would be and where, and when, and how Jabez would receive them. That was a mouthful. I'm going to say that again. Jabez and his request left it entirely up to God to decide what the blessings would be and where, when, and how Jabez 
would receive them. Now this is what I'm talking about. It's not the popular give me prosperity gospel. I want a Cadillac. I want lots of money. I want lots of fame. I want this. I want the I want Gucci. I, I want all of the nice stuff. I want Nike. I want whatever your taste may be. I want all this. Can I tell you that when the Lord in the Bible is talking about blessing, it's not just what we have unfortunately in this prosperity gospel made it. This is saying, I want nothing more or nothing less than what God wants for my life. Oh, God, that you would bless me indeed. It's not, God give me a Cadillac or a Lexus and, and a mansion and, and all kinds of money and a jet and all of it. That's not what this means. It is saying, God, I want what you want for me. I want what you want, nothing more and nothing less than what you want for my life. God's will becomes first no matter what it looks like. <coughs> See, God uses missionaries in the Amazon jungle. I'm, on, I'm going to preach for him next Sunday night, Saxton Odom, going down there to Picayune going to preach for him next Sunday night. And sometime I'm going to let him come preach for us. Just if nothing else, he can tell you the story about how he got sick down in the Amazon jungle a couple years ago. Because he'll have to tell it last because you'll be dying and rolling in the floor laughing and it'll be over at that point. But as he was telling that again at prayer conference to a few po people and because him and James McElroy are getting ready to go back, I'm reminded there are missionaries down in the Amazon jungle and there is no Hilton and there are no Learjets, and there are no Cadillacs, and every once in a while they might have a little dirt bike, and most of it's this nappy little boats rowing down the river, or they might happen to have a little motor on the back. But God uses and blesses people working in the Amazon jungle. God uses also businessmen in America. There are businessmen that God has raised up and God has blessed in this nation to be able to fund missions and missionaries and ministry that is going on. But what we have to be willing to do is like Jabez did and say, God, bless me indeed. Whatever your blessings look like for me. They're not going to look exactly the same as what my friend or my neighbor or somebody else. I've got to be willing to step out and say, oh, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. You, hey, you've heard my story enough. I, I've told you, and you know this by now, but I'm going to tell you just in case you haven't heard it. God called me at 16, and I said, Lord, take me, use me, bless me indeed. You know, I wish I could have just started right here in Starkville, Mississippi, this close to my family and friends. But you know what? God's taken us a whole lot of different places. And you know what? That was God's will for that time in our lives. My preference, I wish we could have just started. I, I wish we could have just been right here. But that wasn't God's will. And we've got to be willing to say, Lord, I want you to bless. But you know what? Every place he's taken us, God blessed us. God took care of us. 
It ain't always going. Y'all are getting quiet on me. I, this is either real good or real bad. I think it's real good. There's a story told of a man named Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones was a Christian. He made it to heaven. Obviously, this is fiction. This is not true. This is just thought-provoking. There's a story about Mr. Jones. He died and went to heaven. And as most of these kind of stories go, of course, for some reason or another, you know, it's always Peter that seems to be the greeter at the door of heaven. And so Mr. Jones arrives at heaven. Peter's there greeting him. They walk through the pearly gates, and they're taking the tour of heaven. He's, he's taking in the streets of gold, the gates of pearl. He's, he's getting it all in, walking beside the crystal sea. He's getting it all in. As they're going, he looks, and he sees this, this, this building in the distance. And this building just, just looks like a, just kind of a warehouse. It's just this big box. There's, there's no windows. There's only one door. And, and he's like, what is that? Peter's like, oh, you know what, you don't, you don't want to do that. Let's just, come on, come on, let's, go, let's continue the tour. And they go through, and they've gone through, and they've walked all throughout heaven. They get to the end of the tour. You know, Peter's just like, you know, well, I hope you enjoyed this. We're so glad to have you here in heaven, Mr. Jones. And one more time, he just he, he can't get enough of it. And Mr. Jones, hey, listen, I really want to, I'm going to go over here. And before Peter can ever even say no, Mr. Jones has done, made his way over to this warehouse-looking building, opens this door. As he opens this door, he sees, just like you might think, a warehouse might look. There were just shelves, thousands and thousands of shelves lines up, and there were letters above them. And he's like, Peter, what is this? And he said, well, every person in here has a box. He's like, oh, I want to go, and I go. Of course, before Peter can ever tell him anything, he goes and he finds the J's for Jones and looks, and finally he finds his box. It's all just a bunch of plain white boxes with a red ribbon on them, and he opens the box. Before Peter can say anything, he opens this box, and he realizes what they are he realizes that they are all the blessings that God wanted him to have in his life but he just didn't ask he looks at this box in amazement Peter's like these are the things that you could have had and God wanted you to have if you would have asked the book of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, Jesus himself speaking says, What? Ask, and it shall be given unto you. The apostle James wrote in chapter 4 and verse 2, You have not, why? Because you ask not. You see, it is God's nature to bless his people. But the only limitation on God are the limitations he sets on himself, and the limitations that he has set on himself are the limitations that are put there by our faith or lack thereof. We must be willing to say, Lord, I'm asking you for it. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Lord, have your way in my life. Whatever it looks like, whatever it is, God, I want your perfect will for my life. i got to keep on moving. Don't panic on me. Number three. This, we're going to be done for today. Number three. He says that you would enlarge my territory. This is where we ask God to enlarge our life 
so that we can make a greater impact for Him. This is not so we can just have more, again, the prosperity gospel. It's not just so we can have more. Jesus tells a parable about a rich man who builds barns and fills them up. And instead of trying to bless somebody else, he said, I'm just going to tear these down and big bigger barns so I can have more for myself. Y'all know the end of that story. He dies and he doesn't even get to enjoy any of it. It's not, this is not enlarge my territory so that I can have more, just so I can have prestige and fame. No, it's so that we can be like Abraham. I preached this not long after I got here for a few weeks, so that we can be blessed to be a blessing. Lord, bless our church. Why? Just so we can say, oh, we're a growing church. Continue to bless our church. Why? So one day we can be the biggest church in Starkville just as it, no. Lord, bless our church so that we can bless everyone that comes through these doors. Enlarge our territory so that we can see more and more people touched and changed by the power of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, enlarge my territory so that I can be a blessing to every person I come across. The words territory, coast, border, but depending on what version you read, you can find territory, coast, borders, all three of those words, they carry the same emotional power as homestead or frontier for American pioneers. Now, I know we've got a lot of people here today that you're international students, and unlike some of us who had to sit through all the years of American history, you may not know, so I'm going to give you just a little quick one. When, when America was first being populated, of course, it was over here in the, in the east, up in New York and down the eastern, but there was this big old body of water called the Mississippi River that kind of just divided it off, and there wasn't a whole lot west of there. But then the time came where we decided, hey, we need to just expand. And so there were these people that we call pioneers. And they'd get ready and they would, and they would say, these, the government would say, listen, if you'll just go out here and be willing to live out here in the middle of nowhere and so you can have this many acres, this can all be yours if you'll go out there and will face the hardships of living in nowhere with nothing. And so there was this pioneer spirit that a lot of people had. I don't know how they did. I think there was, there was a, a movie one time John Candy was in called Wagons East. It was a comedy about they, they was coming back. They was tired. It was rough out there. They was tired of it. But there were so many people that had this spirit of homesteading and an American pioneer. And they went out west and they went to Oklahoma and they went up to the Dakotas and Nebraska and all of those places and they set up homestead. And, and this word, territory, coast border, it spoke of a place of one's own with plenty of room to grow. Just like those early American pioneers when they went out there to where there was just miles and thousands and thousands of acres 
acres with nothing. They had plenty of territory to grow. They could have more cattle. They could have more sheep. They could have more. There was plenty of room to grow. It's the same idea. Jabez was saying, God, I want you to enlarge my territory. I want to be willing to step out there in places that I've never been before. I want to get out of this comfort zone and this rut and take me to places that I've never been before so that I can have room to do what I've never done before and have room to expand and grow. Pastor Kurt Pitts, good friend of mine, he's preached the Friday morning message at prayer conference this past Friday. And he preached the message, I can't remember his exact title, but it was along the, your pain has a purpose. Nothing great is ever born in comfort. Anytime anything grows, it comes with pain. Springtime's coming, Brother Billy was talking about it. He's got to start getting his strength back because springtime's coming. He's got gardens to plant. And when you plant a seed, you plant a seed down in the ground. And down in the ground, it's cold, it's lonely, it's dark. The weight and the pressure of the ground is on it. But folks, let me just tell you something. It always takes pressure. It always takes darkness. It always takes some loneliness sometimes for God to start start sprouting you and growing you, you will never, ever, ever see God's full blessings in your life as long as you're just chilling out in your comfort zone. Can I rewind for just a little bit how I told you earlier? You know, I wish I could have just, you know, got done with Lee and everything and came back here. I tried to. I tried to. He's he ain't nowhere around here. He's still alive, but he'll never listen to this. You know, I got done with Lee, and I called the overseer that was here in Mississippi. I said, hey, Bishop. Uh, we didn't, well, we didn't call him bishops back then. Hey, Brother Overseer, I, I, I'm, my name is Dennis Laughlin. I'm, I'm done at Lee. I want to come back home. I'm from Mississippi. Thorne's my home. Grew up there. want to come back and pastor church. Got my degree from Lee. I, I'm ready. And he said, Brother, I don't have anything I think you'd be interested in. Goodbye. <laughs> Some of y'all think it's just in the secular world where it's hard to get ahead sometimes. <laughs> but you know what? The Lord took us. He took us to our first church in Tennessee, took us to our second church in Illinois, let us go down to Loosedale, took us back up to Illinois for probably just for running my mouth and saying I'd never go back for two years. Until finally I've learned my lesson and that's never say never and say, Lord, let your will be done. I promise I won't ever say that again. But you know what? I don't think I would be who I am. Not that I'm really anything great, but I'm a lot better than I used to be. Can I just say that? And I think it takes that. I think it takes us saying, Lord, I want you to enlarge my coast, enlarge my border. But sometimes it takes us stepping out of our comfort zone and saying, Lord, lead me, lead me into this place. What happened with Abraham? Go back to Abraham. Abraham and Lot, man, they got so much stuff, they couldn't live together anymore. Their servants were fighting. Their, their flocks were getting together. And what they had, they had to part ways, didn't they? And, and so I believe that in this, it means we've got to say, Lord, I want you to enlarge my territory, my coast, my border. Jabez looked at his present situation and concluded, surely I was born for more than this. You ever been there before? I have. 
Surely I was born for more than this, Lord. Surely you've got more for me. Now listen, I know there's some ordinary, and that's a whole other sermon in itself too. But sometimes there's some ordinary, there's some ordinary days, some ordinary stuff that we got. That's just life, folks. But there are times in our life where we look and evaluate, and I believe the Holy Spirit moves on us, and we realize I've got, I'm born for more than that. God, you've got to have more than this for me. Everything you've put under my care, oh Lord, take it and enlarge it. You know, we've prayed that very prayer right here in these altars since I've been here. Maybe you're a business owner and it's your desire. Lord, everything you've placed under my care, take it and enlarge it. Maybe you've been tasked with running a business. And that's your prayer. Lord, everything you place under my care, oh Lord, take it and enlarge it. Our ministry, our path as pastors, Lord, you place this. I'm your under-shepherd. You've placed me here at Starkville Church of God. So, Lord, my prayer is, Lord, take this and enlarge this. Bless us so we can be a blessing. Bless us. Send in money. Why? So we can just build up a fat bank account? Nope. So we can continue to reach out so that we can do like we're going to do Tuesday Compassion Pantry so we can continue to give to ministries like the Starkville Pregnancy Center so we can continue to give to ministries like Beauty for Ashes down in McGee where men and women are trying to get their lives straightened out and get off of drugs and alcohol oh Lord enlarge our territory so that we can see more and more students and more and more families in our area Live their life for you and can be a blessing. But you know, it's not just for the pastor. For every Sunday school teacher. You know, one of the things, I got to hear some of his stories again, Joel, because you know how it is. Can't meet in prayer conference. This was his first one back. And everybody's like, man, I'm glad to see you back. You know what? Why? <laughs> one of those that I said everybody don't love me. One was even like, how'd you get back, blah, blah, blah. And you even got Joel off the mission field to come and work for you. And I love, I love hearing his heart and how him and Rihanna both felt that the Lord spoke to him and said to come and help rebuild. And then the Lord has brought him here and he shared with them, you know, this, the music program to help come and rebuild. And I know that's his prayer. Enlarge the territory. Send in musicians, singers. Enlarge the borders. If you teach a Sunday school class, a Wednesday night class, men's ministry, women's ministry, no matter what it is, whatever part you play, pray over it and say, Lord, enlarge my territory. Bless us so that we can be a blessing. And I want you to get this. I know it's 1150 and I'm about to let y'all go, but I want you to hear this. This is so important. It requires us believing again. That God wants to work through us and not just in association with us. I'm going to say that one more time. Some of y'all may have put your notes up, but I'm going to give you time to pull your pad back out. It requires us believing again that God wants to work through us and not just in association with us. I want to be used of God. I want to be His conduit. 
listen, not, not to get high and haughty, but just to realize the situation of it. We're just like pipes. You know, just right over there is big old water tower, and I don't know exactly how the water system of Starkville Utilities operates, but I'm guessing that probably the water in this building is coming out of that tower just right over there. But for that water to get out of that tower and to come out in to fill up these toilets or come out of these sinks or whatever needs to be done, there's got to be pipes to carry that water from the source to where it's needed. Folks, that's all I am. I'm just a piece of pipe. In myself, I'm nothing. Just like pipe. I just give you a stick of PVC. That ain't going to do you a bit in the world good if you're thirsty. But you hook that up to a source of water. And that pipe is going to bring the refreshment. Oh, come on, lift your hands for just a moment, would you? I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. He's called us to remember that we are his conduit. We aren't the source, but God wants to work through us. He's he not just in association with us. Don't you think, oh, he can just operate. I'm going to support the pastor, but the pastor is really the only way that God will work. Through. Absolutely not. God wants to come through you too. Because I can't get to every one of your houses and I can't get to every one of your workplaces. I can't get to every one of your schools and your classes. But God, just like he wants to flow through me, he wants to flow through you. He wants to use you in a powerful, powerful way. Be his conduit. He's the source. You must believe again that God wants to use you. Stand with me if you will. Hallelujah. I got a little bit more, but I feel stopped right now. Would you just lift your hands right now? I, I, this is where I just feel the Lord has stopped me for this morning. And I, I just, I need somebody. I feel like the Holy Ghost is talking to somebody right here, right now. I feel like he's trying to get something in somebody's spirit. And that is that you need to realize again that God wants to flow through you. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge my borders. Use me, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Every head bow, every eye close. Here's where I feel. I just I feel like this. I'm about to do this, and I'm going to let you go. I feel strongly I can't get away from this. Is there somebody here this morning and you have felt like, you just feel like God can't flow through you, he can't use you, but you feel the Spirit of God speaking to you right now saying, I can. You've heard the Word of God, not that I'm a great preacher, but you've heard the Word of God. And you know he wants to work through you. And you say, God, I'm ready for you to work through me again. Would you just step out and meet me right here? I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I promise you, most of you, you know me well enough by now. I'm not going to ask you any questions. I'm not going to stick this mic in your mouth. But I feel strongly. And, I, hey, I may be off the mark, but I just feel too strong to go on any further without stopping right here 
and saying, is there somebody here that you have felt like that God just couldn't use you, but you feel the Spirit of God dealing with you right now saying, I can and I will. And realize that He wants to work through you and not just in association with you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Come on. I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise you. This is between you and God. I'm going to pray for you, but I ain't going to ask you a bunch of questions. I'm not going to ask you any questions. Anybody else in this house? Oh, hallelujah. 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 I need some Holy Ghost-filled ladies to come up here right now and just begin to pray with these two right now in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for them. Anybody else? If it's not too late. Maybe you feel like, maybe you feel, felt like that God just can't work through you anymore. You felt like maybe you're just not worthy enough. You felt like, oh, he don't want to work through me. No, he wants to work through you, not just in association with you. He wants to work through you. Maybe there's some men here, and you say, well, and you know, I've messed up too much. You know, that, that's a load of garbage. You know why? Because you're saying the blood of Jesus isn't great enough to wash your sins away then. I'm telling you that his blood is able. doesn't matter what your past has had. Don't let your past define you. Let the Lord's word define you. And his word to you today has been he wants to use you. He wants to bless you. He wants to make his face shine upon you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Come on, y'all begin to sing. These altars are open right now. I want you, if you will, to stretch your hands this way. Maybe if you still feel the Lord pulling on you, you want to come down, you can still come on. It's not too late. But I wish everybody in this house would just stretch your hands this way. Ask for God's anointing upon these. Ask that God would use them in a powerful way. Right now, in the name of Jesus, as they begin to sing. I want these to continue to pray. Please keep on praying. But I've, I feel like there's more. And maybe you say there's something in this. I've said we have not. I reminded you we have not because we ask not. The Lord Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Some of you even wanting some things and you're thinking about, have I really asked for them? 
I'm not going to I'm not going to beg, plead, pump or prime. I'm going to give it just a few more amens through this and maybe if you're here and you say there's something that I I want and I don't know that I've really asked for it. I want you to just come and we're going to pray and we're going to agree with you right now. Come on, let's sing through it. You need something from the Lord and you're ready. You say I'm ready to ask for it this morning.